from our collect today. Set us free, O God. Set us free. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. For the past two weeks, the world has witnessed the trial of Jennifer Crumbly. Crumbly is being accused of involuntary manslaughter for failing to prevent her son's 2021 rampage at Oxford High School in Michigan. Her then 15-year-old son, Ethan Crumbly, killed four people and injured seven others. Ethan texted his mother about the fact that he saw demons and that their house was possibly haunted by a demon. In other words, he texted his mother and was trying to reach out, saying, set me free. Set me free. Set me free. Now, through this trial, a picture has emerged that his mother did not take this very seriously. What's also intriguing to me in this day and age is the fact there is a discounting of the existence of demons by the media. Well, maybe it shouldn't surprise me. Because their position, in many ways, makes sense in a world that, one, either seems to belittle the existence of things that one cannot see, or two, one is extremely fearful of things what one does not see. One does not use one's rationality and discernment and wisdom in deciphering and understanding what one sees. C.S. Lewis once alluded to the fact that we either take the notion of evil and demons either too seriously or too casually. Now this sets us up perfectly for the gospel today. Our gospel today takes place at the home of Simon and Andrew, and in that home we see that Simon's mother-in-law was beset by illness, and we read that Jesus is present, and once she experiences the presence of Jesus, she is cured. And word of her healing spreads throughout the village. We're not really sure how the word spreads, but we know that in every village, in every church, in every community, there is the village crier or the village gossip who spreads the news, whether true or, un or untrue. So the news spreads. And upon hearing this news, many come to the door. Can you imagine a large group of people dealing with physical infirmities, spiritual maladies, emotional trauma, come into this house needing hope? Yes, Jesus casts out the demons and infirmities, and he leaves that village more whole than when he first entered it. Now, finishing there, Jesus is so depleted, he needs to leave. He heads out to pray. But you see, the work isn't finished, as everyone, according to the gospel, is searching for him. 
Now, in hearing this, Jesus is determined to go into the neighboring towns and proclaim the message. And along with this proclamation is to cast out demons. So what are we to make of this as modern people? Well, while the existence of powers and principalities are at work in the world, all of these powers that seek to separate us from experiencing the love of God and community, we are assured that we have a God who desires to draw each and every one, us, one of us close. Just as angels are described as messengers of God, demons are those who convince individuals that they are beyond the scope of God's love, beyond the scope of redemption. They are the agents of darkness and evil and are forces that drive away and steer us away from the goodness and creativity of a loving God. They lure us initially and slowly by surely taking us down an endless spiral of destruction and ultimately self-inflicted harm. The Christian posture is never to fear, but to be aware. Now, some of you have read the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It's a satirical novel composed of fictional letters written by a senior demon named Screwtape to his nephew, Wormwood, who is a junior tempter or a junior demon. The letters offer advice on how to lead a young man away from faith and virtue. You see, for these demons, faith and virtue are the enemy. And victory is one when there is total damnation. Now, what's really cool about this novel is that Lewis explores human nature, morality, and the Christian faith through the lens of demonic strategy. The novel delves into the subtleties of temptation, the battle between good and evil, and the importance of spiritual discernment. It serves as a thought-provoking and allegorical examination of the fundamental human condition. And while it's written more than 70 years ago, that novel is timelessly relevant today. Let me read from the preface in that passage. Lewis writes, I live in the managerial age, in a world of administration. The greatest evil is not now done in those sordid dens of crime that Dickens loved to paint. Oh no. It is conceived and ordered, moved, seconded, carried and minuted in clean, carpeted, warmed and well-lit offices by quiet people with white collars and cut fingernails and smooth-shaven cheeks who do not need to raise their voices. Now, as people who have the privilege of learning from history, we know the result of demonic power conceived coldly and rationally in such a place. 
It happened in the land of the great Christian Reformation. And it led to the exaltation of a leader who held so much sway over a nation that six million Jews were killed and people who were target and people were targeted, people who do not look like the norm, people who are different, targeted for death and destruction. See, the result of that demonic power is to offer laughter and to deny its very existence by letting things slide slowly so that ultimately we create cultures of emptiness where there is no depth and no need to search for truth. That happens at a global level, a national level, a local level. But what about for us as individuals who participate in all these streams of community? Well, perhaps the invitation for each and every one of us is to confront our personal demons. It could be that we, that we need to confront the demon that says we need another sip of the bottle or something stronger to get us through the day. Or the demon that we feel that we are not rich enough, powerful enough, good-looking enough, smart enough, not worthy enough. Or the demon that says we are so broken, we are broken beyond repair, and we can never be healed. Or the demon that whispers in your ear, you are totally unlovable. You see, demons estrange us from hope and love. But the good news is, here's the good news, that Christ overcomes these demons and aids us as we confront the powers and principalities of the world. Look at your first lesson today. God the Creator does not faint or grow weary. He gives power to the faint, strengthens the powerless. For even though we feel we are young, we will grow weary. But ultimately, God is victorious. For that ultimate victory is won when Christ is present and, and we ultimately see the empty tomb, which is the symbol of Christian triumph. So as children of the faith who inherit this faith, in this day and age, I remind you of the words of St. Paul in Ephesians 6. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God, for our struggle is not against blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil. Take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, having prevailed against everything to stand firm. Stand therefore and belt your waist with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Lace up your sandals in preparation for the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the living God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert. Keep alert. So there are fundamental questions we need to ask with seriousness, self-awareness on a constant basis. What are the demons we need to confront in our lives? Where will you allow God to help you address you in that? It's only with God's intervention and continual guidance that these demons can be faced. And in that, put on the armor of God. Equip yourself with truth. Seek righteousness. Seek justice. Proclaim peace. Cling on to the faith. Renew yourself in the word. Sustain yourself in prayer. For that is our only hope amidst darkness, the darkness of the world. For we are children of the light and called to be the light of the world. But above all, remember that you are loved by God and that you are in a community of those who seek God's presence in their life daily. Amen.